Hey, 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 Diet Rioters. Welcome back to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. I'm Brooke Miller. We're both dietitians. Both moms. And both from the Midwest. Both live in Denver. And we love talking about food. So oh, we yeah, are oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> We are talking all about intuitive eating and weight and health today because yeah. we have been getting this question over and over again, and it is all about well, if I'm overweight, then I'm obviously not healthy. So I need to lose weight in order to become healthy. We have diet culture has just taught us that we have to lose weight in order to be healthy. And that if we are overweight, it's 100% caused by unhealthy habits. But friends, I want to remind you, there are a lot of people living in small bodies that are not living healthy lifestyles. I know people who are in larger size bodies who live very healthy lifestyles. Shout out Lizzo. Yes. Friend oh of the gosh. podcast, Lizzo. <laughs> Can we get her on? That would be Yeah, I mean, you guys, it's fine. She'll just come on. She loves us. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love her so much. She's so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's this idea that we need to uncouple the idea that we have the ability to look at somebody, determine their weight, A, which we cannot, but then determine that based on what weight we think that they are, what category they fall into, we can determine how healthy they are. And this yeah. is like the basis of the book, Health at Every Size, that Brooke and I tell everyone to go read. And yes. you can listen to it, you guys, but I'd highly recommend reading it. I listened to the audiobook, not as entertaining as some other books on Audible, but <laughs> while you're washing dishes or whatever, it works. Um, The information is so freaking good in there. And the research articles that they talk about are so important to know and understand that um, statistics, some people will take statistics from studies that suck, but also they'll take statistics and twist them in a way that makes them sound different than what they actually are. And Health at Every Size does a really great job of being objective. So part of the book, actually, Linda Bacon, um, works with other uh, doctors and researchers and compares their strategies in ways that are not just about weight. They look mm-hmm. at health as a broad spectrum. So they're looking at lab results. They're looking at mental health. They're looking at their physical health. They're looking at their relationships, like so many different aspects of our life. They're looking yes. at and how the health at every size aligned model, which is like intuitive eating versus a stereotypical diet. And these are like very well-known researchers saying, and they hypothesized that diets were going to work, that diets were going to make sense for people, that people are going to lose more weight on a diet. They were going to be healthier overall. And they were blown away with the results, even to the point where they started canceling the studies because it was actually causing people harm. Diets were causing people harm. And once these researchers became aware of that, they actually stopped the studies. That's how harmful it was to people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's just dangerous to assume. And Alyssa and I've talked about this in past episodes, but a lot of times doctors um, and nurses and healthcare professionals and even dietitians, we like sometimes look at a patient and say like, oh, well, you wouldn't have reflux if you just lost weight or you wouldn't have this issue if you weren't overweight. And so they just automatically assume that your diagnosis is based on your weight when 
it's hard to explain, but your weight can be a side effect of lifestyle habits. So absolutely. I know a lot of people that say, well, I have type two diabetes because I'm overweight. Mm -hmm. No, lifestyle factors absolutely can play a huge role in developing type two diabetes. And a side effect of those lifestyle habits can be weight gain. But just because they are correlated does not mean that weight gain, that the weight you gained caused type two diabetes. It's those and, habits where weight gain was a side effect of it. And in fact, type 2 diabetes can actually cause weight gain because your insulin yes. is not working properly. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this like backwards, like chicken or the egg kind of situation. And it's so, especially with diabetes, you know, it's tied up in weight so tightly. But this is like every disease, every, um, really, honestly, every disease, but then also every lifestyle thing that you're like, like we've had people in our membership just be like, oh, I wish I, you know, my legs hurt so bad because I'm so overweight. I need to lose weight. And it's like, okay, let's look at that a little bit more objectively. Let's actually take the weight component out and say, okay, my legs are hurting when I'm walking around during the day. Maybe I need to do more movement. Maybe I need to stretch more often. Maybe I need to sleep more. Maybe I need a more supportive mattress. I mean, there are so many factors that may be hurting your body when you're moving around that you can actually... Um, improve those factors. You can't improve weight. You know, we've talked about it on the podcast a thousand times. When your intention is to lose weight, oftentimes you end up heavier than when you started that intention, aka a diet. Mm -hmm. So focus more on how you can move your body in a way that serves you, that feels good for you, and um, kind of like keeps you moving in a way that then makes it easier to walk around, you know, and, and that starts small because a lot of people, if you're not moving at all, and then you get up and go on a three mile walk, of course, you're going to be in pain. It doesn't matter what your weight is. It really does not. You're going to be in pain because you're not used to moving your body. So get used to moving your body, find movement that's enjoyable to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's so important. And I think um, like we've even had people reach out and say, well, when I was at a smaller weight, I felt better. Well, okay, well, mm-hmm. we have to look at everything because like this specific person who reached out said I felt better at this specific weight. But I was also off work. I was in therapy. I was dealing with my depression. I was yes. more. And it's like, okay, maybe <laughs> you felt and a lot of times it's like, maybe you felt better and you happened to be at a lower weight, but it was because you were moving more, you were sleeping more, you were handling your stress better. You maybe got, I mean, I hear all the time too from like people who have really stressful jobs and then they switch to a different profession or switch to a different job. That's all they change. Or even nurses like going from working nights to working days. Totally. It's just their bodies then are like in a circadian rhythm and like for them, then they're getting adequate sleep every night. I've heard so many people say like, yeah, I just lost weight from switching jobs. And it's like, it's not that they're all of a sudden just moving more in that job. It's because of their sleep or their stress level was affected. And people downplay sleep and stress so much. Sleep and stress affects our weight. Yeah, It's not just diet and exercise. And that right. drives me bonkers when people say all the time, like, well, I just need to eat less and exercise more and I will lose weight. And therefore then I will be healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exercising more is great. There's a million reasons to exercise and move. I don't think you'll find a study out there that is going to say that exercise and movement is not good for you. It right. absolutely is. There are a million health benefits take weight loss off the burner. There are still 
a million reasons to exercise and move, even if it's just stretching, even if it's just walking, like that is so important for your health. And regardless if you lose weight or gain weight um, or whatever happens to your weight, if you are moving more, you are going to get more energy. You are going to feel better. If you find a movement that helps with your stress and you are lowering your stress by doing daily yoga or daily walking, that may result in weight loss. And it's not just because you're doing yoga. So all of a sudden yoga itself is making you lose weight. It's yoga is relieving your stress and then you're relieving those stress hormones like cortisol. And then when that goes down, then you're not holding on to extra weight that you don't need. And so it's like, people just yeah, look it's at a it domino at effect. Yes. Thank Cause you. then you're, maybe you're Perfect. sleeping better because your yes. stress has been relieved, yes. you know, maybe your relationships with your partner are better because you're relieving your stress. There's so many different factors and everyone just wants to focus in on weight and they want to focus on weight because it's, um, it can be objective so that you can step on a scale and say, this is my weight. They have these calculations in place that they say is where you should be, yada, 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 which is all just, I mean, Brooke and I are going to have an episode about it. I know we keep saying that, but we really will. It's really just um, finding the averages of other people who don't look like you, aren't you, and comparing you to them. So whatever. Um, You know, it's all about this uncoupling of the weight and health because there's so many different dynamic ways to look at health, Um, like mental health. Like, I think this is something else too. When someone says, well, I feel better when I'm a lower weight. Okay, so maybe that's true. Maybe physically you feel better and the only thing that's different is your weight. But what is it costing your mental health? Is that something you want? You know, is that something, okay, I feel better physically, but way worse mentally. I'm obsessed with food. I'm thinking about dieting all the time. I'm thinking about and, you know, in fear of gaining more weight and feeling like crap again or whatever that might look like for you. Is that worth it? Is that really worth it to be in a place where maybe you feel 5% better, but your mental health is 95%? compromised? No, we don't want that. You know, that's not a healthy lifestyle either. And I think um I think one of these things that gets people really scared is because diet culture has taught us to be fat phobic, which is yes. the fear of gaining weight because in our culture it the thin ideal exists where yeah. someone who is thin in like a thin white slender body is the thin ideal of this is what a beautiful person looks like this is what a smart person looks like this is what an active person looks like which is 100% not true i know yeah. so many people who live in the thin ideal body who actually are not taking care of their health so for example yeah. i had a roommate at one point who was absolutely the thin ideal. And do you know what she was doing to keep in her thin ideal body? Smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Literally she said every time I'm, yes, every time I'm hungry, I smoke a pack of menthols and then I I don't eat. So it's like, okay, so you take her, right? And I just want to shout out if she's listening by chance, she's an amazing human and she's very healthy. Okay. But that was her at one point while we were living together. Now, Put that next to someone like a Lizzo, okay? Lizzo, yes. maybe she doesn't live in the thin ideal body that we all think and imagine and have been trained to love and, and admire, but she freaking runs around on stage, sings her freaking heart out better than anyone else I freaking know in a larger body. She exercises all the time. She's showing us you know, online, whatever that might look like. She has probably better endurance than I do for 
Sure. Probably for better sure. than most of us. Better I think, than most. Yeah. Yeah. She could outdo a lot of us exercise totally. wise. Oh, absolutely. So then you're looking at someone externally, you make these judgments or weight bias. But then when you really dig down into what that person is doing with mm-hmm. their life, I mean, how many I mean, this is like extreme, but how many heroin addicts do you think live in a large body? Probably yeah. not a lot. Most of them not are quite thin. So they kind of fit that ideal of thin ideal. Is that what you want? Heroin? <laughs> is that what we're considering healthy? You know? Oh, no. <gasps> Sorry, guys, we got cut off. <laughs> you were talking about heroin. So you just keep talking I about was your talking heroin. About heroin and <laughs> you were you were talking about heroin. Uh, something about how skinny people, the thin ideal could actually be doing heroin. <clears throat> I don't know. I was yes. real heated about it. And then my computer ran out of space. So we had to start over. But that's okay. We have it. Yeah, it's fine. It's just gonna be pieced together for you guys. So sorry. Thank you for being so patient with us, especially during this quarantine time, where we're not even in person. So right. Yes. So I think the moral of the story is we cannot look at somebody's body and we can automatically tell what their health looks like. Because a lot of times, even even on Instagram, when you're looking at influencers, you see a girl or a guy who has this like chiseled body and you're like, oh my gosh, they are so healthy. But I know so many bodybuilders who were miserable mentally. They were getting dehydrated before their show on purpose. So they weren't drinking enough water. And then when it was over, they were just like binging, couldn't control um, their food and just felt very out of control. And so even the people that have like the perfect body, a lot of times they're achieving that in really unhealthy ways. And then when they get out of it, they realize like, oh my gosh, I was actually really mentally miserable. I was saying no to so much. And it's just, most of them will tell you now, like it's not worth it to be miserable mentally and to be unhappy mentally. Um, and you're just always chasing this, this thin ideal. Like I can better, I can look better. I can be skinnier. I can be stronger. And it's like, when does that end? When is that going to be enough? Right. And I think the opposite is true too, right? With people in larger bodies, we all have thresholds of weight bias that we hold that we're like, oh, well, I can understand or I can get on board with. There are people in larger bodies who are healthy and, you know, their body, maybe I believe in like set point weight and maybe I can get on board with some of it. But you're telling me that someone in a really large size body, like XYZ, you know, whatever your threshold is it can be healthy. I don't believe that. Yada, yada, yada. And it's so mean the way that it comes off because you really don't know what's going on internally for them. You don't know what they've struggled through. You don't know what their health actually looks like. So it's all weight bias. And we all have a different, like all these people that I hear, especially on the internet, have like a threshold, right? Where they're all of a sudden like, okay, X size number, X number of pounds or whatever you look like, I'm going to start putting you in this category and other you basically is what they're doing. They're labeling them as unhealthy when you actually have no idea. Like you can think that you have an idea, but in reality, you absolutely do not. So we need to like take out the weight bias and realize that people can be healthy at every size, but that does not mean that everyone, no matter what size they are, are healthy. It's like, (laughs) it's a conundrum. It's hard to like think through that, but I'm going to say that again. At any size, you can be healthy, but that doesn't mean that every size is healthy, okay? So I feel like Mm -hmm. you might need to sit with that for a second to understand, but it's kind of like, I don't know, It's I always think of like 
every nutritionist isn't a dietitian, but every dietitian is a nutritionist. Like it's backwards. It's like this, we can't quite wrap our heads around it, but there is a Venn diagram of healthy people can be in any size body. Um, Health really does not have to do with weight, but you can also be any size and be unhealthy. So I hope that's hitting home with you guys. It's kind of hard to explain, especially like over a podcast, but you know, it's just that idea that we're not saying healthy at every size. Everyone is healthy regardless of their size. It's saying that we cannot determine their health based on their size. And that yes, people who are in larger bodies, even larger than socially acceptable bodies, especially them can be in a healthy state here on this earth, which is Mm -hmm. hard for people to swallow. It really is. But it's true. It's really hard. And I think people just hear health at every size and automatically think, oh, we just think every single person on the planet is healthy. Or we just look at every fat person and say, oh, well, they're healthy, probably. And it's like, that's not what health at every size means. It means that you can achieve a healthy lifestyle regardless of your current weight. And it may fluctuate. And so for a lot of people, like, they are, you know, they're exercising, they're eating tons of fruits and vegetables, they're sleeping, they're doing all of these things, they're meditating, they're journaling, like they're really getting in a, in a really good place mentally, physically, emotionally, and they're in a great place, but they're still, you know, on the BMI chart, they're overweight, or ideal body, body weight, they're overweight. And that doesn't mean that you're not healthy, because you fit into that category. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm in the BMI category. I'm overweight. Totally. And my ideal body weight is like much higher. My weight, my current weight is much higher. And like, I've even had a lot of people reach out like, guys, I don't know if you've seen this, this picture I posted on my, um, my Brooke Miller nutrition type of, um, uh, thing, but it was a picture of like eight different girls and they were all the same size. It didn't put their their weight on there, but it said, these women are all the same size. They were all different heights body shapes and sizes. Yes. And so you guys just looking at somebody, you don't even know their actual weight because I've had, I've had several people reach out to me personally and DM me and say, I'm so overweight. I'm this weight. And they tell me their weight guys. And I weigh 30 to 40 pounds more than them. So they're coming to me and saying, I'm so overweight. I'm so fat. I need to lose the weight. And they're coming to me yeah. When I weigh 40, 50 pounds more than them. Right. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> yeah. like it, you, you are not, you know, necessarily unhealthy just because of the number on the scale. This number is so arbitrary. You know, that was yeah. the only thing we talked about with Delina was like, yes. it's your gravitational pull to the earth. Like this is not your weight is not something moral or something virtuous. It is literally how much gravitational pull you have towards the earth. It's so arbitrary. It's so honest to God, unimportant. Like, I I don't want to just like blanket statement that because of course there's parts of weight that you do need to pay attention to. Like Brooke has shared part of her story when she had her pregnancy, like you had to make sure you were gaining weight so that you knew the baby was doing okay. Okay. So there's times for sure that weight is something we need to look at, but it is one piece of a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Okay. Like that's what we're talking about here. It is one small piece of the puzzle. And we put so much into weight in our society as if it's the only puzzle piece as if it's the puzzle itself you know it's like it's so ridiculous because there's so many different attributes and aspects of health and I think that's a really important part or a really important point that you said is like someone's coming to you and yes you're a dietitian and yes we're on on the space like helping people whatever so of course they're going to share their weight with you but like 
if you guys were just friends, like if you and I came to each other and you came to me and I'm bigger than Brooke, everybody. And like if Brooke came to me and was like, oh, I just feel so fat. I feel overweight. I'm so blah, 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 unhealthy. Blah, blah, blah. And she told me her weight. What would that make me feel? Okay. Exactly. If you think that about yourself exactly. and I weigh more than you, then just by default, you think that about me. So it's like, what are you exactly. telling your friends and family or your dietitian yes. or whoever when you're expressing those things about yourself? And not to say that those feelings aren't valid, but to say right. that that's your weight bias coming out. That's you thinking things exactly. based on weight that are not necessarily true, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've had conversations like that. And like, I have thick skin. Totally. I am very now in my body like I know I don't have a perfect body I know I'm overweight on the category I know I'm like you know far higher than that my ideal body weight for my height I'm, I'm short um however like I'm confident in myself but that could have been such a trigger mm-hmm. for I've like I said I've had so many women dm me and I don't know I don't show my body a lot on Instagram it's more my face so I don't know if they just assume I'm in a much smaller body than I am. But when people come to me and say, you need to help me lose weight. I'm so overweight. I'm fat. I weigh this amount and I weigh 40 or 50 pounds more than them. Mm-hmm. I luckily have the thick enough skin where it doesn't phase me. Totally. I'm still confident in myself. But if I was new on this intuitive eating and health every size journey, if I was new at this or if I was just a friend, yeah. um, I've had friends, you know, I, I like I've shared this with you guys. Um, All my friends in high school, very very small, thin, tall, beautiful people. Okay. These were my friends in high school. I was the athletic one or whatever. But like, if my friends in high school were to come to me and say, I'm so fat and I weighed 50 pounds more than them, like that doesn't make back then it did not make me feel good at all. I was like, Oh my gosh. Well, if you are unhappy in your body, then I'm, Oh my gosh. And then I start second guessing myself. Yeah. And so when, when you guys are talking negatively about your body and your And I don't care what weight you are. I don't care if you're 100 pounds, 300 pounds. If you are talking about yourself in a negative way like this to other people, you are, you, without knowing, you are making that person second guess their weight and their body. And that is why we are so unhappy in this society we live in because diet culture is constantly telling us we need to lose weight. We need to lose weight. Well, when our friends and family are complaining about their bodies to us, and this is all we're hearing we're all, of course, we're going to second guess what we look like. And so that is like something we really need to all work on. We all need to hold ourselves accountable for that. Like, I do not let my friends tell me like, I'm so fat, I need to lose weight, you need to help me like, no, that is not tolerated. It's like, no, I I can help you make healthy lifestyle changes. Like, let's go do some yoga together. I'm not not here to help you lose weight. That's not my mission. My mission is to make you healthy and happy. Yeah. You might lose weight in the process. You might. I'm not against that if that happens, but I'm not here to purposefully make you lose weight. Um, So that, that, yes, in the pursuit of it. And so again, yes, be careful with your words because you can definitely, by your words, you can make um, somebody else feel very uncomfortable and really second guess their own body. And that is not what we want in this. And it's really, I mean, perpetuating diet culture, right? Like that, that's what we talk about, that that's what we focus on, that that's what our, you know, way to bond with another woman is, is like to talk about our weight or talk about how fat we feel or talk about how fat we look or whatever it is that's negative about being fat. This is perpetuating diet culture. So yeah, I think that's really good is like, 
<clears throat> encouraging you guys or challenging you to change the way you talk about it. And actually, I had this issue when we first started um, Diet Riot Podcast and the Instagram and my mom and me are D, like any of these things that we started online. I actually had this kind of moment of like, okay, but if I join in on this space and I keep telling people, you don't have to feel guilty for eating, you don't have to feel guilty for eating, you don't have to feel guilty for eating that, this, whatever. At some point, someone's going to come across my page and hear me say, you don't have to feel guilty and they don't feel guilty. And then they hear me say it enough that they're like, wait, should I be feeling guilty? Didn't I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's part, I feel like that a little bit actually because- you guys kind of know my story, especially if you guys have taken our um, quit dieting course. Um, you know my story mm-hmm. pretty well that I, I didn't have diet culture. I didn't have guilt around food. I didn't struggle. Those are some things, some things that I hadn't struggled with, especially in my adolescence and like early 20s. I didn't struggle mm-hmm. with that until I became aware of the diet culture and be, until I became aware of like as a dietitian, as an intuitive eating dietitian. Then people started to tell me to not feel guilty about something. That's when I started to actually feel guilty. Like it's such a backwards, I don't know if I'm making like much sense, but it's such like a backwards way of looking at it of like, if we keep talking about it, if we keep perpetuating it, if we keep beating people over the head with this, we're we're changing the nature of their thought patterns, which sometimes is mm-hmm. for good, but sometimes it's for bad. So we need to be like very mindful of what we're putting out man, I just have to keep coughing. (laughs) But we want to be really Mm -hmm. mindful of how we like talk to people and where they might be coming from because they may not be struggling with body image at all until someone triggers them with something like, I feel this way or I'm unhappy in my body. And I think people who are my weight or higher are, you know, um, unhealthy and, you know, whatever it might be. And that person might be looking at them go, wait, you're smaller than I am. What does that say about me? You know? So I think we just need to be careful, but at the same time, I want to open up the doors to communication. I think it's important to get it wrong. I think it's important to like try, like Brooke and I on this podcast, like we are consistently updating you guys about little weird diet culture or food rules that have snuck into our life and how we're correcting them because we think it's important. We think it's important that you don't think we're just sitting here on our like ivory tower telling you exactly what to do and we have it all figured out because we don't. Mm -hmm. Yes, we've been in it for seven years. Yes, we're down this path quite a far way and we've come a long way, but the work is never done. The work is never done. You're never sitting at the end of intuitive eating journey being like, come on, come to the finish line with me. Like, it's a perpetual journey, but it is a long journey. And this is not an overnight thing. So we are not anti-health. We are not against weight loss. If it naturally is coming off with your lifestyle changes, Mm -hmm. we just want it to not be your focus because weight does not itself dictate your health status. And that is our big thing is your health status is dictated by so many things. And you know, I don't know. Are you going in for your yearly physicals? Like, are you you getting your blood, like all of your blood tests done? Is everything good that way? Because you could be in a small body and have very high cholesterol and high glucose and inside it's not, your organs are not functioning well, but on the outside, your doctor's like, oh, your BMI is fine. So you must be okay. No, that's like lazy medicine for doctors, dietitians, nurses. That's lazy medicine for all of us to just assume that. And Likewise, there are people who like, again, I'm in an overweight body according to BMI, but like if my doctor looks at my labs, they say, oh, well, your labs are okay. So I'm not worried about you, but I've definitely like, I've had the doctor tell me 
I, this happened a few years ago and I'm at, you know, I was the same way I am now. And my neurologist at Mayo, thanks, thanks for nothing, Mayo. <laughs> um, they, they, they were like, I was there for literally a, I have a big brain cyst. It has nothing to do with my weight. It is literally, I don't know what it came from. It did not come from my weight. And the nurse came in and was like, oh, well, I see that you're overweight. Um, here's a handout on eating more fruits and vegetables. If you lose weight, it might help. And I was like, how on earth will me losing 10 pounds magically make a huge cyst in my brain disappear first of all. And then second of all, I was like, I'm a, I'm a dietitian, so I'm fine. Like, I don't need, I don't need this handout telling me <laughs> to eat fruits and vegetables. Like I, yeah. I got it. Yeah. And so again, it's like, it's lazy medicine when doctors are just like, Oh, just lose. I hear this all the time with PCOS. Probably the biggest thing I hear it with is you have PCOS. Oh, just lose weight and automatically it will heal. Yes. No, there's so many hormonal things. And if you, if you guys have PCOS, there are like 10 PCOS dietitians that Alyssa and I follow. We are happy to give you their names. Um, that are yeah, we want them on the podcast. Yes. We're going to try to get them all on the podcast at some point, but there's a lot of them. So, um, if you have PCOS, make sure to find an intuitive eating registered dietitian, because again, it's not that you losing weight is automatically a lot of times you losing weight in a restrictive way will make you lose your period. That's good luck. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, no. And what mm-hmm. you're saying, like the lazy medicine part of it is like, it's not only lazy, but it can be fatal. You guys, we've it heard stories where doctors have weight bias and they don't treat people the same way that they would treat someone in the thin ideal body. And it, it ends up yeah. being a fatal mistake. And I think, yeah. um, gosh, my heart just sunk talking about that because what a terrifying world to live in if you're a person in like a larger body and the doctor's advice to you. And that was actually the advice given to me yeah. too for my anxiety was lose weight. It's like, okay, thanks, yeah. you know? And it's like, what? that doesn't help me long-term and no. it doesn't help me right now. Like I'm walking out of the office, you actually just give me more anxiety. So thank you. Yes. Um, but you thank know, you. yeah, totally. And depression, you know, I mean, these are like yes. very serious mental issues and physical complications. And to be told to lose weight as the answer to I don't, I'm not going to give you guys a percentage. I was going to say 99%, but it's probably not 99%, but whatever it is, a large percentage of medical, um, issues that we all have to be told just to lose weight. And then a thin person goes in with the exact same medical issue. They're not told to lose weight. They're told to do something else. They're given medication. They're given help. And that, Mm -hmm. that is really where our system has broken down. So I don't know. Yes. And we've talked, it's a pretty depressing place to end, but I don't know. Well, we've talked about this before, but, um, just, what Alyssa and I are going to recommend to all of our members is the same advice. I don't care if you are underweight. I don't care if you're overweight. I don't care if you're a normal weight. I don't care what your weight is. All of the health advice I'm going to give you is the same advice I'm going to give somebody in a smaller body versus a larger body. The issue is when we are prescribing a 1200 calorie diet to somebody obese and we are telling an underweight person that they can eat whatever they want because yes. they're in a body. No, like, no adult woman should ever be on a 1200 a day calorie diet. Right. I don't care what size you are. That is not okay. And so when we're prescribing things that are dangerous to fat people yep. that we would have, who on earth is going to tell somebody who's um, 80 pounds that they need to eat 1200 calories? Right. No, we would all say, oh my gosh, that's disordered eating. They have anorexia yep. nervosa. That's so dangerous. Okay. 
how is it okay to prescribe that to somebody in a larger body? That is just as dangerous. Yeah. That is just as dangerous. Now we could be causing disordered eating or an eating, potentially an eating disorder to that person. And guys, you do not have to be small to have an eating disorder. Like eating disorders come in all sizes, shapes, races, ages. So don't just think totally only skinny people get eating disorders because that is not true. Totally. All right, you guys, that's a good episode, even with that little blip in there of having to piece together. So sorry about that. It probably won't happen yeah. next time, but also no promises because oh, yeah, no pro- we're no not perfect. Ever. That's our new theme song. Oh, yeah. Yes. Every time I edit and I hear myself sing, I'm like, oh, Alyssa, you need to stop singing. So, I mean, you should go on Idaho. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. Um, If you missed it, we did open the doors to our Diet Riders membership, but they have since closed. And if you're bummed about that, get on the wait list. We're going to put the show notes down below. Inside our membership, we give you weekly actionable tips to get further in your intuitive eating journey, get support from two dietitians. We do live Q&As once a month, mini courses. Um, There's a ton of community support in there from other Diet Riders and recipes. So you guys really want to get on that wait list. So you know, first thing when we open those doors. So thank you to the members that are already in there. It's freaking rad to be in there and talk to you guys and learn from you. And it's been so cool. So what a cool experience. Definitely get on the wait list if you're interested. So yeah. And and another thing that you guys can do right now is we have, we have like a lot of episodes out. (laughs) Go back and listen, you know, and I even go back and listen and catch some things that we talked about a while ago. And I'm like, oh, that's good advice. Like we should talk about that. But (laughs) but share with a friend, you know, if you are starting this journey and people have no freaking idea what you're doing and they think you're not share this podcast. We have several other intuitive eating podcasts that we love. We're happy to share those with you too. If you're new on this journey, like immerse yourself with podcasts and books, you know, intuitive eating book, health at every size book. We have other books we would recommend too, but share this podcast with a friend, share um, another intuitive eating podcast with a friend, just because spreading this message to your close group of friends, your people, it's going to help you on this journey. So I think that's really important. And sharing podcasts are so easy. Like I share, Alyssa and I share podcasts (laughs) all the time, all the time with each other. Oh my gosh, have you heard this one? This one's good. This episode's good. Share episodes with friends. I mean, I seriously do this every day. I text friends, different episodes and podcasts I listen to. And it's just a cool way to like for you guys to chat about it afterwards. Yeah. New, new form of communication. Remember we're talking about perpetuating diet culture. This is a way to get out of that habit of bonding over diet culture and instead talking about how to dismantle it. So we would love that. Also, if you wouldn't mind while you're here, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a written review, guys. It means so much to us. Not only do I totally cry when I read them, well, she does. as long as they're good, but most of them have been good. All of them yeah. have been good, honestly. Um, Actually, they yeah, but leaving us a review, A, makes me cry. But then also, it that's what helps propel our um, podcast in the space to other listeners just like you who might be interested in what we have to say. So definitely leave us a written review if you wouldn't mind. And either way, we will see you next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Bye. Bye.